1: hello and welcome to another episode of attacking third cbs sports soccer podcast i'm sandra herrera lead nwsl writer for cbs sports joined today as always by my colleague and co-host lisa roman broadcaster and analyst for cbs sports on today's segment we're coming to you live with an NWSL. Recap of the weekend matches that some of us all just (laughs) trying to watch between Saturday and Sunday. Before we get into everything, as always, a quick reminder to subscribe to us on YouTube for NWSL extended highlights, exclusive interviews, our live recaps, and so much more. YouTube.com/slash/attacking third. Hit subscribe; it helps us out big time here at A3. Lisa, we had a bunch of games over Saturday and Sunday, and now we're back together again. Getting a chat about NWSL action didn't disappoint this weekend. No. I'm excited to talk about it with you.
0: It did not disappoint. A lot of games were happening.
1: A lot of overlap in the games,
0: which yeah. makes for a bit of... Um, some confusion because I listened to the broadcasts and I'm I'm lucky and fortunate that I know these broadcasters pretty personally. So I know who is calling which games, but then sometimes it gets a little confusing. Uh, yeah, there was a lot going on, but these games did not disappoint. We had a lot of high scoring affairs. We had some close games. We only had one draw throughout these six matches, which I love to see. Um, and before we went live, we just went over our notes my notes from from the preview and i got all my picks correct
1: where's the
0: where's the weekend (laughs) (laughs) on my predictions for what would happen this weekend so i think it's the first time that's ever happened to me i am over the moon i can't wait to talk about them all uh because i'm just right so you know better with the nwsl listen to me
1: i got you guys Talk that <laughs> talk, Lisa. Talk it. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna actually chat about some of the picks that you made, some of the picks that I made. Mostly, we're just gonna be talking about these awesome games that just took place. We are going to start with, of course, probably the match that is most fresh in everybody's mind right now. Uh, we had Houston Dash and Portland Thorns close out the NWSL weekend for everybody. Uh, that was the game that kicked off at 7 p.m. Eastern. 4 nothing for Portland Thorns Easy. in this one. No, you got it right, Lisa. I think we both went Portland um, in this one. But, geez, what a start, what a finish, quite frankly, for, for this team. Uh, I think I mentioned it in, in the preview uh, when we were doing this that there's something about when these two teams get together. I've, I've enjoyed the more recency of the, the competition between these two teams in terms of maybe kind of under the radar um, a rivalry a bit. But one of the things that we talked about with the Houston Dash side was how they were going to look, how they were going to adjust, what, what was the team going to bring if they were going to be missing somebody like a Rachel Daly. And then because of how we do our previews did not have uh, access to the availabilities report at the time. And seeing somebody like a Nichelle Prince, also kind of a, a player that know. is huge for them in the attack. So I think right away when we saw these starting lineups, I think you and I were both maybe kind of like, well, this is this is this this could be a long night for the Dash. And it looks like uh, it ended up as, as such. 4-0, final scoreline.
0: Yeah, I think that it was something we have to talk about. And even Christine Sinclair, um, being just yeah. moments before the game starting, ending up not, not being available, not getting the start, um, originally scheduled to start, and then something happened there. But at, with Houston, obviously not having Rachel Daly. She is away on international duty with England for the Euros. And then to see that Schmidt was going to be out as well, who is defensively in the midfield, um, someone that Houston really could have used against Portland, frankly, because Schmidt is a player that can break up defensive plays really well, but also have a bit of that final pass, connect well with Groom up top um, and Brevis Sally and Sanchez, but then also not to have Nichelle Prince. That's also a huge loss for Houston. And um happening pretty quickly right like this this before we knew it all of a sudden these players were out and not available it was incredibly hot in Houston for this match they did hydration breaks throughout it we saw a couple of players going down throughout this match getting cramps even towards the very end of this game as the ball was still being played around the field I saw a couple Houston players drop into a downward dog give a calf stretch because their muscles were just tight Um, maybe a bit of dehydration as well being thrown in there but this game was a Started very fast, incredibly quick, and in favor of Portland. Almost so surprising for Portland with an opening minute of this game. Portland gets on the board. It's it's comes with the, yeah. the fate of an own, own goal. And yeah. for Houston ends up mishitting it. It kind of like slips off her shin and her shin guard and, and goes in the back of the net. Incredibly unfortunate honestly that's like the only word I can say for it because it's not as though Portland had put on so much pressure and they were sending crosses and crosses into the box which is often how we see own goals happen and there's so much pressure it was really just a mistake and Portland ended up uh, on the positive side of that mistake and that changed this this game a little bit because Um, Portland had more momentum at that point. And then as things continued to unwind, then it was another uh, unfortunate. If you're, if you're a Houston fan, unfortunate call, a penalty kick in the box. It was, it was a foul, right? But like Houston fans could argue, Sophia Smith got the shot off. Um, It was called incredibly late. Like it wasn't an initial PK that was called. So maybe the center official talking to the sideline official, but before you know it, it's the 23rd minute and Portland is up 2-0 on an own goal and a Sophia Smith penalty kick, which just deflates a team like Houston that's already yeah. out with a number of players.
1: Yeah, it was. T- I think it's tough to sort of go down in that type of fashion, right? As you head into the second half, it's like you start off with an own goal and then you have this moment, you know, just sort of mid mid-moment of the first half, I guess is the way to put it. Uh, like you said, late whistle, all that stuff sort of adds to maybe not even just confusion on, on the pitch, but maybe aggravation around it. It's kind of like if you're going to make the call, make the call. You know, just part of that. Uh, and then going down, not, now you're not just down one, but you're down two, heading mm-hmm. into, into the half at home on top of that, where maybe perhaps – uh, maybe there was a l- you felt maybe moments of parts of the game might have been more even like yeah. uh you know p- possession fairly even in this first half between the two sides total shots fairly even you know 5 for Houston 6 uh, for for the thorns but when you go into the half down to you're not only making adjustments to come out and try to get back into the game, you're maybe rethinking the game plan that you were already making adjustments to begin with, knowing that you were going to be out with somebody like a a Daily or a Prince. Uh, I think it was perhaps a mountain too high to climb maybe if you're the that's kind of going into this type of, of match as you're going up against a, a portland side that we have seen kind of hitting their stride in, in, in a certain kind of way and you know in a certain type of level ahead of uh really these uh this international window that's going to be coming up soon the the cap w championship that will be coming up soon uh and then once you sort of look into this second half just like guess maybe sort of looking at it as, as wheels falling off because it, yeah. it just wasn't, it just really got away. It just really, really got away from them. You know, this this game ending with Portland accelerating the shot total going from just six in the first half and then ballooning that to 20 shots total to close out their 90 minutes here Houston with eight uh, seven on target for the Thorns versus, versus the one and obviously uh, a really big game for 16 year old uh, midfielder Olivia Moultrie ended up getting a goal in, in this match an assist in this match uh, in in the 82nd minute on uh, on Sophia Smith's goal. So I I liked. I think maybe if you're the Portland side of things, besides seeing such a big multi-goal game like that, I think uh, having such a young player slotting in and sort of having this duo of, uh, of Smith and, and and Moultrie, I think was really nice to to see. I think you're only walking away with uh, with positives, you know, around those two players in a oh. game like this. Completely,
0: completely, and Olivia Moultrie, you said it 16 years old. She becomes the youngest player in NWSL history to score a goal. Um, she did it during the year last year, but it was during the ICC tournament. So it didn't count as an NWSL regular season goal. And now she gets another one, but it wasn't just the goal from Moultrie um, at, well, and the assist. Really, both of them were lovely. But what we were seeing from Moultrie is how she's grown, even from last year and what she was able to do in this offseason, getting time with the national team, youth team, um, and how she's grown as a player. Her ability to strike the ball so cleanly and technically correct from with both feet from distance with power is really truly impressive um this game was was fun to watch from a portland perspective especially towards the end because everything kept going in portland's favor and it was it was a little uh detrimental to watch for houston i felt bad honestly it was like it was like one hit after the other um yeah, expected goal wise, Houston ends this one with 0. 0.47. Portland two point four seven. So yeah. um, it, Portland did a great job of executing their shots. I mean, the own goal coming the the second goal from Sophia Smith, which was like uh, deflected off a defender. <laughs> Portland really put away their chances that they had and, and dominated this game on the stat sheet. But it did look there were moments where it was very even on the pitch for sure
1: yeah I mean it, it, and at one point it just sort of looked like once they got that goal from Olivia Moultrie it's like okay like that's a wrap but then then you yeah. have Sophia Smith ballooning this up to, to 4 nothing for, for them but all three points going uh, going towards Portland and they are uh, certainly on a streak of their own sort of ending a streak for, for using Dash dashes. they had sort of hit uh, some pretty good form from um, transitioning from May in, into June uh, so we'll see what happens uh, in the next match for both of these two teams respectively but that wasn't the only multi-goal game that we had this week so we started off talking a little bit about Houston Dash and Portland Lawrence, so we're going to keep it going with the multi-goal games here because we had Washington Spirit versus North Carolina Courage. This one uh, took place on Saturday. The courage almost <laughs> letting this one slip away, end up winning this one three to two against the spirit at Segra Field. We had goals uh from Kurtz, we had goal from Urseg, Sanchez, Hatch, uh, it, it was a brace, really, for <laughs> I mean, the defenders really making things happen for the yeah. Courage. I'm chuckling a little bit because I think maybe this is a game in which perhaps you see the return of a player like Caroline, right, we talked about that in the preview, like, yeah, we're really looking forward to seeing this player continue her development, um, you know, adjusting to play in, in the NWSL after uh, going down in the challenge, Cup final with an ankle injury, uh, seeing somebody like Diana Ordóñez; these were players that we specifically kind of were like, yeah, we're going to be keeping <laughs> these players in this match for the courage. And then it ends up being uh, defenders having a huge role for, for the courage offensively in, in this game, but uh, can never count out spirit when they have players like Sanchez, players like Hatch, like Rodman, and uh, it got very exciting <laughs> very quickly. 3-2, final scoreline, but all three points for Eight. Courage in on this one.
0: Yeah, well, this game was really exciting to watch. Um, looking at the starting lineups, just kind of backtracking a little bit, Washington had a number of rotations from their last game. Rodman and Sanchez getting the start. Harding as well. Um, Bogalski in the back line. So it was Ashley Hatch coming off the bench in this one. Um, but it was quick for, for North Carolina, right? Bianca Pinto, um, it, goal in the sixth minute, it was incredible. It was Really great goal from Caroline. Honestly, it was pretty bad defending from Emily Sonnet. She gave Caroline way too much space, space on the shot and and gave her she tried to give her the space on her left foot, but there was so much space that Caroline could shoot with her right foot to the far post. It was almost like, where was Sonnet? Why was she giving her so much space? She looks like she was unaware of her positioning on the field at that point, not realizing how far inside the box she had gotten at that point, but it was back and forth in this game because, Washington had quick chances in the first half as well. Rodman had a few chances. Elwell had a really close one, the rookie. Um, then at halftime, Ashley Hatch comes in. And you think that things for Washington are going to settle down a little bit. They're going to get a little bit more composure and momentum. And 50th minute on a set-piece corner kick, Abby Erseg is able to, to make this 2-0 for North Carolina. North Carolina, how did you lose a 2-0 scoreline at this point? (laughs) And the only way I can say that they lost this was because they were playing against Washington Spirit. Washington Spirit is a team that can – do crazy things and create magic out of thin air. And that's exactly what happened because Ashley Mm -hmm. Sanchez had a number of chances. She was getting into the box. The goal that she ends up scoring on is something that happens almost identically 20 minutes prior to that. And Sanchez isn't able to score on this one. Goalkeepers in this game had a, had a pretty good game I want to say. Um, But Sanchez is able to do this incredible little give and go with Bailey Feist and uh, Sanchez gives it to Fice, who lays it right back to Sanchez, and it's right back in for the goal. We got to see the return of Kelly O'Hara for Washington Spirit. She played the last 15 minutes of this game. Um, and then a penalty kick is drawn by Emily Sonnet inside the box. Hatch knocks it down. And all of a sudden, it's 2-2 for Washington, and it's the stoppage time at the end. Three minutes of added stoppage time on. In the 91st minute of this match, a set piece for Davinia and Kaylee oh, Kurtz who gets it. So two set pieces that North Carolina was able to score on. Uh, but but really it's Washington that was able to that yeah. gave up two goals on set pieces and poor Kingsbury on that set piece. She makes the initial save and, and her defenders aren't sticking with Kaylee Kurtz, and she gets the follow-up. Huge celebration for North Carolina. But man, this game was. It had a lot
1: in it. <laughs> it got very wild in the last, gosh, twelve minutes of, of the match. Very, like I said, it got very wild, very, very quickly. Uh, I, I, I just, I, I feel for for the spirit, quite, quite frankly. I, I know we had care- the courage, picked in this one, and it's always, mm-hmm. you know, fun to come on here and say, yay, you know, like we we picked correctly, I do right? Feel bad though for watching, but again. I just, you know, watching this team play right now, it's i'm just kind of like what it's just it's tough it's tough because it's like you could just sort of see this team and and the heavy legs and the constant rotation that they're having to do uh they're hitting points of, of exhaustion right and they're yeah. trying to get creative at this point in terms of their uh in terms of their player rotation it's like Hey, let's have Ashley Hatch, the reigning Golden Boom leader, come off the bench. Right. And I think maybe in a regular week and in a regular month of schedule game, maybe that's not the uh the idea or the plan. But uh with sort of this very match heavy uh, you know, couple of months that they've had, it's a little bit it looks a little bit different right now. Yeah. And uh f- it was just one of these things I think that we've been watching. We're just like, well, it's, it's working They're They're not necessarily picking up a ton of wins, but they're not dropping games, uh, getting points where they can. Uh, and then that just sort of feels like this is maybe the game that finally was just, the one to say like they weren't able to sort of just hang hang on a little bit because it was absolutely this sort of come from behind spearheaded effort right in in the second half and it just it just wasn't it just wasn't meant to be I think in 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 this one for them but another three points for the courage again a courage team that we have been wanting to continue to see a little bit more from right some of that challenge cup success translate into the regular season and and going on the road and picking up a win in a place where it's tough to get a win for if you're the home side or the visiting side, we've talked about that at Segra field. Um, and also without their, their head coach was a late scratch himself due to COVID protocols. So, uh, tough to go on the road and pick up the win and even tougher, I think when you're sort of facing a huge shift in momentum, uh, from the home side, but, um, they, they came through clutch. The defenders came through clutch on the set pieces. It kind of gave me, for me, it was like a little bit of the courage of all. Well, we used to see the, the courage sort of be very, very successful on uh, set pieces. And that kind of got away from, from them uh, a little bit. But uh, it was nice to see that uh, yes. the victory come through through set pieces.
0: Yes, exactly. I, and when you were talking about Washington, and yeah, I mean they come from behind, they end up getting two goals, and they equalize. They're they're pushing for a tie towards the end of this game, right? They're trying. Well, they're trying to get a goal. The the last ten minutes was just hectic because it was tied and everything. But throughout this stretch that Washington has now lost, I'm going counting backwards. Lost, drew, lost, drew, drew. <laughs> Their goal differential has been kept very minimal because. Yeah they have been able to score goals, right? So this was a 3-2. It's only a one-goal differential, a 0-0 before that, 1-0 before that, 1-1, 2-2, 0-0, 1-1. Like, they're keeping their goal differential at negative 2 right now. So in this stretch where, no, they're not winning games, maybe they're splitting points, they're also not completely falling off the wagon because they're keeping that tiebreaker of goal differentials small, which will help them towards the clutch. Honestly, like if that's what this team is going to end up falling back on, like I could see that happening. Well, we'll talk in September when we're getting down to that.
1: Well we we've, we've been asked about that here on the show and we we, we both are in agreement that the second half of the season's going to look a little bit different in the standings versus this first half so far but uh I, I would imagine that these these two teams again the familiarity that they've had between each other we talked about that in the preview that maybe we would see that kind of play out uh you mm-hmm. know in in this type of match so the fact that it got very very wild and chaotic within the final kind of 15 minute window I think maybe wasn't too too surprising um but uh 3-2 uh, not Not the only biggest scoreline. Right, We had another game that had a lot of goals in it as well. We're going to go through this one right now. It's going to be Racing Louisville FC versus Angel City FC. Uh, We got to talk about a number of things here. Uh, yes, there was a, another game that had a 3-2 scoreline and it was sort of, again, wild to, to kind of watch all of these games compressed. Uh, there were some overlapping kickoffs and we talked about that as well. I, I always, whenever that happens, it's always fun kind of texting Lisa threw it Yeah, just like oh my god did you see this did you see this uh, and here's what's another one of those games quite frankly I do maybe a fun anecdote to start off with this one because I know folks are probably eager to get our thoughts on some of the th- the things that occurred within in the match but I will say that I really want thing that I enjoyed right off the bat in this game. And some people are going to be like, OK, uh, is actually kind of the kit clash a little bit. I loved seeing yeah. the away jerseys of, of Angel City up against the home kits of Racing Louisville. I loved it. It was a lot. It was botanical vibes. I loved it <laughs> very, in their own respective ways. I loved it very much. I was like, this is just very nice to watch. Like, it's just so, so cool. I love NWSL. I think has some of the best kits uh, in the world. And I love that these two were were on display uh, but again, I think we're talking, we were talking a little bit about the spirit and, uh, in North Carolina, how in certain phases of the games, it got maybe kind of wild kind of quickly. And when I'm think back to, to this game and we were watching it, this kind of was <laughs> similar, I think for, for me, and, and kind of echoing some of these things in this one, racing Louisville, the home side, getting off to a good start. You have, uh, them going up a goal. We're looking at some really good stuff here on, 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 set place free kick special teams if you want to call it for for uh for all my american football fans who are trying to get into to soccer but something about louisville getting into these positions where they're trying to make uh the most quite frankly of of those opportunities in in front of them when there's a chance off of, off a free kick or where there's a chance to to be able to to set up or reset you know and just sort of see things and then i love that this opening goal came from From a defender in Bonner, but uh, it's also giving us uh, an opportunity to maybe talk a little bit more about Savannah DeMello, who's we have talking about, I know, like off mic, and now we got to bring it uh on mic, but uh, has really been performing really well for uh, Racing Louisville and in their rookie year, and uh, I think. Racing Louisville made a number of picks in that first round in this draft, and uh, we were excited and eager to see if maybe there could, if there was going to be a moment of transition for some of these players on the racing side to sort of get adjusted. But we've seen how we've seen the mellow now sort of rising up to these occasions and these various moments for Louisville Bite maybe some of the ending score lines. These are perhaps some of those silver linings um, that fans of the club or neutrals of the league can maybe kind of take a look at and uh, and grab on. But again, this goal coming off of a set piece uh, uh, situation and and Demelo and uh, and Bonner linking up for for the first goal, but it it was very brief. It was you have a very very brief lead. We're talking just just minutes later uh, after. So- Bonner
0: scored in in the 29th yes. minute and then the next goal came in the 36th minute for yeah, Angel just,
1: City. Just it, there, we always talk about like that, you know, those extra minutes that come after a goal and how you kind of have to beat on alert, but I would I would say that this was perhaps a goal uh, in in the making. You know, I I think that Angel City was was doing a pretty good job in this game of of trying to maybe flip the script a little bit on, on racing. You know, we have seen this racing team try to come out here themselves this season and, and get on the front foot and try to take the game to the opposition immediately, maybe hit with a, with a high press. And we saw some really good movement, at least for me when I was watching this game from, from Angel City. And I just sort of felt like any second there was going to be a breakthrough for this team, but it ended up, you know, being that the, L- racing Louisville got on the board first, but we've got Kristen press equalizing just minutes later. Uh, really, really, really good shot. I thought this was a very, very good, another good game uh, from press for, for angel city. We've been uh, talking about sort of her return this season to, to NWSL and sort of how she has been kind of finding uh a, a ways to thrive within uh, Angel City and uh, on this team and as they a- have gotten off to a very, very quick start. But, you yeah. know, I just was a little curious when we're talking about waves of momentum within a game and how certain things can kind of suck the energy out of them or shift things uh, around. We saw the second half again get off to a very, very kind of, I'll just say good start for Angel City but then it quickly kind of turned into like a very kind of uh curious feelings I think for for the Angel City side we we have Savannah McCaskill and Crystal Press continuing right this sort of duo that that we've seen the build-up between the two of them Chris and Press assisting on on uh, the goal by McCaskill but also just a ton of space for these two players to work with on this very early goal to start the second half. It was just kind of like, okay, well, we're just going to allow the opposition to go ahead and and do that. But perhaps a a choice maybe, but uh, again, it's just maybe one of these moments where you kind of wonder, is this going to be the moment where maybe Angel City continues to, to capitalize and sort of take control of the game a little bit, but unfortunately, uh, just by the hour mark, you have a moment in the game where a star player has to come out for a team. So, Angel City is uh has a stoppage of, of play because we have this moment where Kristen Press is kind of like putting in some defensive work, mm-hmm. she goes down mm-hmm. to the box, and uh, it's a tough moment, it has to come off of the pitch. And for me, like, sort of seeing seeing this game kind of deflate a little bit. I think if you're the angel city side, oh, yeah, it just was like, it just was one of these moments where you're just kind of like, okay, well, this is a terrible thing that has happened for your team. Cause quite frankly, your star franchise player just came out of the game. But this is also a moment in which there's technically a ton of time left in this game. And then you have a, a Nadia Nadeem, who had also subbed into the game, convert a penalty kick. Yeah, <laughs> So all of <laughs> a sudden that. it's like equalized again. It's it's just like, it was just such a, the energy in this match for me was just like so chaotic. And I wouldn't say that it was good or bad, but just leave it at that. I was just like, wow. I was like, what is happening in this yeah. game? <laughs> So I want to, Nate Santee in our
0: chat right now, he's like, what's up with racing? It's hard to get a good read on them. And that's because Racing Louisville has been um, almost inconsistent in their play this year, so it's hard to determine as a as a fan watching it. What are they going to do? What are they going to bring throughout? a certain type of game and looking at the different opposition that they're facing. And that's why it's hard to get a read on racing Louisville. And that's why sometimes they show up and, and Nadia Nadim putting in a really good shift of minutes and ultimately uh, knocking down that penalty kick. And we've seen so much growth from Savannah DeMello um, doing it, really growing into that role in the midfield and taking on um, a little bit more life of what she can do, especially in the attacking end for racing Louisville. And remember this was the first game for racing Louisville, without CC Kaiser um, because
1: she was trade away to Kansas city who we will talk about that. She had a great game. Well, we talked Um, about it in the preview. We said, you know, we were making our picks. We're like this. We're not saying that it's going to come down to, you know, one or two players, maybe, you know, sort of mixing things up here. But when you have player movement that happens just before a game like that, Changes things up for a team. Yeah,
0: exactly. It does change things up, and honestly, I think Savannah Demello took that opportunity to say, "I'm going to be a little bit better. I'm going to create more for my team and be more of an impact on this game for yeah. my team." I, um, when we look at Angel City, they've their possession has progressed so incredibly well, and we've seen games where they knock the ball around so well, but they're they're not scoring many goals, and for them to get three in this game, they didn't control the possession, so. When they had the ball, it was progressing it more down the field and doing a better job at being offensively minded with their possession, not just looking to keep it, but looking to move forward and create those opportunities. Savannah McCaskill, um, this was a statement game for her, and she did a a really nice job with that. But um, Sandra, you you touched on it. Kristen Press going down. a lot of the air was let out of that stadium and Angel City was not even at home. I know so many people are are devastated about what happened and um, we have no official word as of this point, but what do you know about Press
1: and her injury? Well, I mean, just we saw obviously that it was to the knee. It was something that she she grabbed immediately as she went down. I think a lot of people saw on the stream and in, in the replay, but there's other reports that She was seen on crutches, but I think, you know, when you have, again, when it's that caliber of player uh, that's always going to be a precaution like that out out of a posting, no matter what is going to end up being the official diagnosis or evaluation of that uh, injury, uh, whether it's, it's major or a minor uh, diagnosis that, you're going to want to have your star player exit <laughs> this night on, you know, crutches as little weight on the knee as, as possible. So, unfortunately, um it's just going to be one of those things that we will not know until the Angel City is obviously back and they're able to, you know, get her evaluated at uh, at home maybe by, you know, team doctors, etc. Mm-hmm. Et so unfortunately there's just gonna have to be a little bit of patience uh, until then um but uh yeah absolutely a moment in which you're just kind of like oh no and it just it just it, again just i know folks are probably gonna want to like hear about the officiating or how this happened or didn't happen or if the game got out of control but there was a deep deep stoppage time in this game it's how angel city was also able to to get back in and and retake the lead and, and all three points, you know, so it's, it's something, it's something interesting to to just sort of take note with within a match like this. And I'm in agreement. I don't think there's anything unfair or wrong to sort of I think that's an honest question to be asked by the chat um, about racing. I think a lot of it is the fact that they're in the sec, this is an expansion team in its second year. They hit the reset button. They got, a new coach. They've got new players, some of them first year players, um, and they're going to be a trying to figure things out in terms of team identities and et cetera, and what they're trying to establish as, as their team culture, both on and off the pitch, but also their playing style, which is why I think sometimes we come on here and we talk about <laughs> racing Louisville and some of their performances. We get impressed by some of the, uh, you know, some of the high press that we see from them. And then we're like, well, why did the taper off? Is that an adjustment? Is that part of the the plan when you're going into, into games, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but uh, yeah, t- I think, t- Great on the Angel City side, if you're looking at things and how you're, getting, you're just looking at the surface level of, great, got the win, got all three points. But the things within it, you're just kind of like, oh my yeah. goodness, you know the, the the game winner coming via a penalty because someone Charlie bounced their yeah. whole body just bounced off of the grass yeah. <laughs> like that's just, I was it I was like I hurt watching that happen, you know. So it's just uh, it's just tough. It's just tough to sort of watch it, but uh, a game that very quickly I think maybe kind of got away in terms of not a game that you're looking at and saying this is this is very aesthetically pleasing football to watch it's very sophisticated it just kind of got a little uh physical and and stuff like that toward towards the end and, and i think towards the end for me i was like can we please just like blow this whistle and just yeah, please end the game seven seven yellow cards ultimately
0: throughout this game
1: two penalty kicks um so yeah so it just uh, it, was, it was it was tough but all three points for uh for angel Angel City. Uh racing Louisville, I think obviously with the big move and then this being a loss, um, gonna have to continue to make their adjustments. They obviously are growing the minutes for for Nadia and Adim. Um, I would also like to venture to just say maybe also grow some minutes for for Ebony Salmon. Well, we'll see. Uh, I don't know, just just McDonald can't do it all out there, right? And uh you have a player like uh Savannah DeMello who's still adjusting to uh to life in the pro league. So um, we'll see what kind of adjustments a team like that makes uh, going into their, their next match. But we've got three more games to talk about, not necessarily multi-goal games, but we're going to talk about them and uh, the results of those games right after a quick break. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
1: All right, we got to talk about one goal games. We went from multi goal score lines and multi goal games. And now we got to talk about some narrow wins and some narrow score lines. Let's go with Kansas City current versus Gotham FC. We got to go through a 1 0 win in this one. The game winner coming in the 84th minute. Lisa, you'll win with KC. You said they're gonna get the win. I I did. You went with a draw, though. So throughout this match, watching
0: it, I'm like, well, it could be that you. You are so close because you're right. This goal coming, um, very very late in this game. I, I liked this game between these two sides, frankly, because uh we got to see some trades happen between Racing Louisville yep. and Kansas City. And ultimately Cece Kaiser getting the start for Kansas City, which was a lot of fun to see. Um, her playing alongside someone up top like Kristen Hamilton was really fun to watch. That chemistry is there. It, it's already there. I think Kaiser being home, she's a Kansas City native outside of Kansas City from and there was an energy and a spark. Will that taper off? I'm not so sure. We'll have to see about that one, but also uh, Jenna Weinbretter, not in the starting lineup for Kansas city. She's been the rookie center back for uh, Matt Potter throughout the challenge cup throughout the regular season. So it was Alex Luera on the left, Elizabeth ball centrally, and then Haley Mace on the right, um, which is surprising because Mace likes to play a little bit higher up the field and, and she can combine so much in that attack, but with only three in the back. She had to play a bit more defensive, but ball centrally. Um, it, that was really good to see. It, it was a slow start for these teams and, and this game. But Gotham ends up creating some momentum. They got some really good chances towards the end of this first half. Purse had a good chance. Mewis played well in the midfield towards the second half of that first half. Um, Paige Monahan was getting some good looks at yeah. goal being able to create. I think if you had good, good moments of driving at the back line, but I was really impressed with Kansas city CC Kaiser getting 60 minutes, um, combining really well with hammy up top of uh, Rodriguez ultimately um coming in and then helping create for Kansas city. And, and the goal coming from Kristen Hamilton in the 84th minute, it was a beaut, a true beauty of a goal with Rodriguez streaking down the left side of the field. Um, Looks like she's going to go to goal. She draws a couple defenders and, and it's the vision from the rookie Rodriguez to know that Hamilton's at the top of the box, wide open. It's a great finish from Hamilton. Um, that It was beautiful to see towards the end of that one and a huge almost release, a valve release for Kansas City to finally get that breakthrough goal against a Gotham team that wasn't entirely as much at this point against Kansas City.
1: I absolutely loved the buildup to that goal for Kansas city current. I uh, look, it it came late in the game. It came in the 84th minute. It broke my chances of, of getting the draw right for my pick on this one, but I didn't care about any of that because I loved this beautiful build up to this goal, Rodriguez to who else at this point, Kristen Hamilton for Kansas city current. I I'm really just, I would like to see a Kansas city sort of be able to, to string together, maybe some multi-goal games here, but uh, listen, A win is a win. It's tough to come by in this league. And I think uh, getting it at home against uh, a Gotham FC side that has had some struggles, I think maybe there's going to still be some work to do for for the current side here i think if you're looking at how you got this uh this win perhaps maybe you're also looking at a little bit at the opposition that that you got it against i i, I don't know at it's it's tough we, we've been coming on week after week after week uh when we're sort of uh having to to take a look at some of these games and especially the ones in which uh gotham fc are are involved in we're just uh it's it's another game where you're just kind of looking at and saying, I guess back to the drawing board. And and this one just just tough. I think again, you mentioned the the sequence with with Paige Monahan. You know, again, good build up there, some good things, but we're just not seeing the the end product here for this team. We're not seeing the end result, which is which is the breakthrough um, on goal for for this team. And also just when you're having. A game like this, I I was stuck when I made my pick on this. I'm like, I, I'm really going back and forth. I think it's probably going to be uh, a draw, you know, but... I also would have been like fine if Gotham would have gotten I would have been fine if either of the teams here would would have gotten would have gotten or walked away uh with a win in this one but it just it just didn't pan out that way. I think for 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 Gotham it's not I don't I don't I'm not going to sit here and say it's for lack of effort but something is just not clicking at the moment. While we're we hear a lot we've heard a lot at the start of this season about, you know, teams that are getting their run getting their runs out there their legs under them and something that's been tossed around about a lot is the 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 concept that you're also establishing your team identities in these early phases Mm -hmm. of the season and you know i i don't know if if you can look at a gotham fc side right now and sort of see at least threads or uh trends of what the team identity is on the pitch um anyway so and i just am a little curious as to maybe this is one of the teams as as we're looking at the month of june because we're going to be looking at an international window here pretty soon i'm wondering if maybe this is one of the teams that needs a break a little bit. And I'm even though they're a team that have are going to have multiple games in hand towards the second half of the season, uh, I'm not saying maybe a break for, for fatigue purposes or, or rest purposes or anything like that. But maybe you just need a, a reset for a second. Maybe you just need a check-in, a reset and get back together, you know, maybe we need, maybe players like a Mewis or a a purse or whoever on on Gotham could possibly get called into upcoming friendlies or the W championship, maybe, you know, a a, a an additional boost that way in a different environment could sort of re energize things. I I just, uh, I just, I'm, I ask you this all the time after we get a, a Gotham FC result, whether it's a win, draw, or loss. I'm like, Lisa, do we have more answers for this Gotham FC set? And it's always, no, not this week.
0: Yeah, it, it, that's such a tough question because what we're seeing from Gotham is a consistency in their inability to... In, in, their, a consistency in their inconsistency? Is that what you're... Frankly, yes. Yes. So, so I'm looking for a big change to happen, right? Like there's got to be a shakeup that happens at Gotham for them to turn this around because there is consistency in their inability to score and to produce goals. So now it it becomes a question of looking within the team and saying, what can we shake up? Can we bring in a different player uh, on an international spot, add a a pure striker to the front line, add someone different, uh, look to get trades, um, maybe in the midfield, switch things up. I'm not entirely sure what needs to happen there. And, and maybe that's a conversation within the coaching yeah. staff, leaning on someone that isn't the head coach or first assistant, someone a little bit farther down the line and saying, hey, what do you think we should do? Because those are sometimes the people that have the best ideas but aren't always willing and able to speak up. But it, with Gotham, it's it, it's painful. Um, they they need to come along with it a little bit more. I think Anamano has moments and spurts, but there's not a lot of consistency there with her no
1: that's what's lacking and the connection between the midfield to we may or may not have lost lisa y'all <laughs> are you back my friend oh no it's just me y'all sorry we're gonna keep it moving while lisa gets back into it so you know what i'm gonna do because i know lisa's better at this than i am I'm going to hop into the chat and try to be a little bit more engaging with you all. Okay. So we were talking about Gotham FC. Hey buddy, you're back, but hold on. I just told the chat that I'm going to be engaging with them a little bit on on this game. But listen, what I was, what I had pitched to you and what you were talking about is a similar thing that we've been doing with this Gotham FC side. It's like the answers, do we have any? Not right now. Are we going to get them? I'm going to ask you a new question because I'm getting tired of this old question, So <laughs> I'm glad you came back. I was just going to pitch it to the chat and chat, live chat. Listen, go ahead and answer this one too for, for me, if you have any thoughts on it, but we've chatted a little bit about first half of seasons versus second half of seasons. So I'm going to pitch that with this specific team specifically. We've maybe said it a little bit about a team like North Carolina. We sort of use that argument for a team like Washington spirit and their heavy match load, is is this a Gotham FC side as they're currently constructed, as they're currently playing on the pitch in their current form? Is this a Gotham FC side that we think will have a different second half versus their first half?
0: I think it depends on any changes that are made. Like I- – if we don't see any changes or any player rotation coming in, any trades happening, I don't think so. I'm I'm hoping that they find more consistency to string together at least games where, where, or 90 minutes where they have that consistency. But, um, it's such a tough question because I don't know what's happening in training and I don't know what's happening inside the offices or in the locker room or, frankly, the conversations they are happening around the league or mm-hmm. international. Um, but, yeah, there is international breaks coming up, and Gotham's going to lose some players. Maybe some players off the bench, some deeper roster spots are going to be given to some players. Um with call-ups that happen, and that'll change things because sometimes a young rookie, a player that hasn't had a lot of minutes, they want to prove themselves so well that that could happen. I mean, we've seen it happen with a lot of rookies around the league, especially in Kansas City, but Sam Coffey, um, Kelsey Turnbow with San Diego, Bennett, and it, it's working pretty well, Savannah DeMillo. So that's my
1: that's my biggest thing that we need to see i I I'm into it. I uh I love that the uh the like I said I was going to pitch this to the chat but then you came back right at the right time. I'm sorry well, <laughs> everybody but I'm loving that everybody's like kind of giving their their thoughts about it uh as well and I don't think um you know I think we're is it is it Still early in the season, I guess technically, right? But I think we're gonna. There's 22 games this this season, and I think once you start inching a little bit closer and closer to maybe that 10 game mark, that 11 game mark, that's technically, you know, that might be like your your halfway point. So this is the Gotham FC side that is again they're gonna have. A number of games in hand towards this second half of the season. They've only got six matches uh, under their belt right now, so uh, maybe there's still some time right now. This is again that's why I brought up the uh, I brought up the the international break. Maybe it's 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 just sort of you think of the international break and and the team like maybe the spirit might embrace that or or other teams across the league might embrace that. But I'm even thinking just like a, a mental reset uh, mm-hmm. for the team. So we'll we'll see what what happens. We've got to another narrow scoreline to talk about. Let's talk about San Diego wave versus ol rain we have a draw our only draw of the weekend to chat about we had one one for the final score line between the wave and the rain we've got alex morgan jessica fishlock getting the the goals in this one lisa wave 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 Seriously, I had a draw on this one ending up. You had
0: San Diego winning this one, and I am not surprised. I think that's also an incredibly good pick to have San Diego win this because um, they have good attack, right? Like San Diego, what we saw from them and their ability to get shots, get opportunities, they they were going – the start of this game was very fast, incredibly transitional, and in San Diego's favor. They were going long, going route one, um, the, the first to start this game. And Alex Morgan was in behind O.L. Reign's back line every single time time. She probably could have had three goals at this point. Uh, The one she does end up getting is an incredibly beautiful goal. It's assisted by goalkeeper Kaylin Sheridan. And that's what you want to see from your goalkeeper, getting the ball and immediately starting the attack. It was placed on a platter to Alex Morgan. She can run onto it. And the finish from Morgan was picture perfect. It's, It's what she does so incredibly well. I was really impressed with San Diego and their attack and what they were able to do. Jakobsen had a very similar look that she wasn't able to put away, actually. Um, But with O.L. Rain they were missing that first piece, especially to start this game, right? They they end up getting this goal in the 38th minute. And it's almost because Jess Fishlock um, makes this incredible run out of the midfield and she's able to combine. Um, it drops back to Lavelle who kind of flicks it forward and it ends up with Fishlock. But there were moments in this game where, I mean, Fallon Tullis Joyce had an incredible match in, in goal for, for, um, Oh, well, Rain, I want to ask you about Alana Cook, center back, because I don't think this was her best game. I'm not sure what else is happening there, but there were moments where she was a little bit too slow to get rid of it defensively, her positioning was off a step. There was something off with Alana Cook. I'm not entirely sure what it was. And and no, a game doesn't come mm-hmm. down to one player by any yeah. means. But that's that's more of what I was noticing throughout this match.
1: Yeah. No, I don't think it's unfair to, to mention. I, I think I would also maybe like... I would ask like an additional question to that, like because something that we've been talking about with this rain team is is the fact that we've been seeing beautiful buildups, right, and some really good play, but not the finishing uh, for this team. And that when we're looking at this OL rain side, that for me, like my big three, when I'm looking at OL rain, are actually all defensive players. So I'm looking at like Fallon Tillis, Joyce, Lana Cook, Sophia Huerta. Those are like the players who are like big the big players who are standing out for me in terms of their individual performances this season for ol so i think my other like sub question to that is like well if Alana cook has an off day how detrimental is that for for a team like the rain who are exactly. finding it a little bit tough to score right now and find that breakthrough uh net? but listen everybody's got a, a day off on the pitch i'm not going to say that that's a thing that doesn't uh happen. It's yeah, a long right. season and there's going to be moments in which uh you know sort of maybe things are off. I would also maybe say that listen, this is this is a player that's going to have a, a a heavy match in front of her coming up. Um yeah. you can't you can't tell me otherwise that right now one of the, the the leading center backs for the US women's national team is not going to be Alana Cook moving forward in, in the near future whether it's going to be for these upcoming uh, international friendlies against uh against Colombia ahead of the CONCACAF W Championship in July. Uh, I think you're looking at the defensive makeup of that team um, internationally, and that belongs to Alana Cook quite frankly. And we're, we might see something happening alongside her, but I think it's going to be more about who's going to be able to work with her. We're probably going to see some combination of Sauerbrunn and, and Cook, but not to venture to the national team so far, but this is, I'm, I'm making these points to sort of illustrate a bigger point in that Alana Cook has sort of become this type of integral player very very quickly for both her club and i think now by extension the national team uh as well so i think i think sort of having a little bit of of an off game today mm-hmm. like this is 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 not uncommon i think maybe you sort of see how that impacts things for for a team like the rain on, on the road especially right. against this wave attack that we've been seeing sort of kind of clicking and clicking and clicking although i think it's kind of it's it's a little bit funny to me that this this goal this lone goal for the wave didn't come by way of some type of dynamic buildup between yeah. the, the midfield connecting to their strikers oh no 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 it was kaylin sharon and quarterbacking this yes. all the way to alex morgan and so it's just kind of i was I like oh, i was like is this the type of game that it's going to be and that is a goal that came early it came in the opening 10 minutes. How this went. Was that perhaps a moment that maybe kind of rattled the back line? I, I think it was. You know? Yeah, they, I mean, like, it
0: has to on such a great ball in over the top like that, especially when Morgan had done it three or four times before and they had been safe, whether Fallon Joyce had saved it or a center back was able to get rid of it or it was a miss hit by Morgan. But this one was so great. Actually, I texted Jill Loyden who former <laughs> national team goalkeeper and she trains a lot of goalkeepers in the NWSL. And I was like, how about that? sheridan assist and she just was uh, so excited about it she
1: said it was wild and it was it was really really impressive to see gonna ask you a question before we close it out with the final game they're on top of the standing still with this result. i know but san diego wave fc and now have three draws in a row it's a new month it's june have they cooled off
0: I don't know. I, I this is so hard. I mean, we have our preview that we'll do later in this week, but the next game that San Diego plays is against Gotham. Uh, so yeah. I, I think San Diego is going to be back on the winning side of things when they play a team like Gotham.
1: So I think their cool off period was three draws, <laughs> and that is nice. scary. <laughs> Love it. All right. All right. I'll take I'll take it. I know we're going to probably chat more about it in the preview. Let's close it out with the final game for us to recap. It is Chicago Red Stars versus Orlando Pride Chicago getting a narrow win 1-0 off of a banger from Mal Pugh. She's just... she's just... Clocking him and putting <laughs> him away—that's just sort of what's happening with Mal Pugh now. Uh, whether she's uh, playing for for the restars or or for country, quite frankly. Uh, but uh, again, I think maybe a game that we could talk about in a way that kind of had. Uh, very curious uh, momentum shifts, I think. Yeah, I mean, it starts with the lineups, honestly. No Sidney
0: LaRue uh, for Orlando Mm -hmm. Pride, which definitely hurts them. Aaron McLeod in goal, which brings that consistency with Jan's daughter in the midfield. Um, James getting a start up top, but also Abby Kim and Doyle getting starts. That was a bit surprising to see from Orlando and – this was a game for Orlando that now they had an interim or acting head coach for this month after Amanda Cromwell has been um, put on on administrative leave for this month. And that's when you see a bit of player rotation and differences in, in personnel because you have someone else and not even the first assistant taking over and saying, this is what I've seen in training and this is um, – it kind of how everything has been going. And that's what I was excited to watch with this Orlando side, the the rotation and seeing these different players. I was very impressed with Abby Kim. I mean, nothing too creative coming from her, but that's what worked really well. I think she played well alongside Darian Jenkins. I think that... The, the growth that we can see from Abby Kim is there, right? She's got a great foundation for soccer, and we were able to kind of explore that a little bit. And then starting lineups for Chicago, Bianca St. George back in. She right. was out with illness for a bit for Chicago, missed a couple games, but she's back and making an impact, right? She's the one that uh, picked off this pass by Orlando and was able to start this quick transition for Mallory Pugh to get that goal. Yeah. I don't think St. George gets awarded with the assist for this one.
1: Maybe she does, and I'm just yeah. wrong I, I'm so actually gonna... on the site right now, and it looks like she is officially accredited with that, which I'm okay. glad because it just Me sort too. of feels like, uh, I mean, they did the same thing when they previously played Orlando in that mm-hmm. wild 4-2 scoreline. Um, Mallory Pugh coming into the second half, and, and the two of them immediately leaking up for a goal. And kind of a similar scenario in this match, just, getting the starts together and immediately linking up for a breakthrough goal in in the opening 10 minutes of of this game and uh, it sort of felt like chicago despite being on the shorter rest they were the team that didn't travel. They were hosting this game. It wasn't as if they were going from, uh, you know, a Tuesday, a Tuesday or a Wednesday to a Friday. They were going from a Wednesday to a Sunday game. So a little, maybe a little bit of, of different energy, but you could tell this, this team absolutely hit a certain moment of fatigue in the game because of their match-heavy uh, schedule that they are currently on at the moment. Uh, but... I really do think that part of the the shift in momentum in this match was a hundred percent due to Kayla Sharples exiting the game with uh. a injury for the Chicago Red Stars. You're talking about a very early moment of having to make a substitution if you're the Chicago Red Stars, and uh, you know at, at this point. Chicago, for for me watching this game, had a ton of the momentum in this game. And we're mostly dictating the tempo uh, at this point. And to have this player exit... I think it was a huge loss for, for this team. And I think my initial reaction to it on something like Twitter was, you know, I always think of, of neutrals, uh, you know, when maybe watching some of these games that happen to have these overlapping kickoffs that maybe they jump in and out to games. And I just was looking at this and it was tough to see a player like that come off because for, for people who aren't, you know, super closely following a team like, like the red Mm -hmm. stars, uh, Kayla Sharpe was, has having, was having to this point, a very underrated uh, under the radar type of, you know, kind of career season so far. And I don't think people realize that Chicago's system right now is working. Their formation that they are rolling out with week in, week out, no matter who they plug in, is working. Even in maybe some of their losses or even in some of their draws, you still see these very competitive games from the Red Stars. And a big part of that is because they – decided to roll out with this three-back because they had somebody like a Tierna Davidson in their arsenal. And then he went out with an injury and they kept the system because they had somebody like a Kayla Sharple able to plug in. Uh, And you can very, very quickly see that the team struggled in her absence to kind of regain some of that momentum. You're talking about going into the halftime with this narrow lead leading, leading the game at this point in shots. It was six to two, From Chicago compared to Orlando. But then you're talking about a second half in which, like you said, at least Abby Kim, just finding waves of momentum and Orlando playing themselves into the game, kind of leveling things out, getting more shots, leveling things out. This game closed out with 10 shots to nine shots Chicago compared to to Orlando. Only one attempt on, on target. I think maybe that was part of the, you know, to the the part of the problem I think for for Orlando unable to go ahead and get that that equalizer. I think having somebody like a listener uh sort of helps calm down a back line in a yeah. very chaotic moment like that. But you can absolutely see the fatigue, a clock kind of set in for some of these players, Pew, DiBernardo, looking just kind of get yeah, just because of a lot of the minutes that they have been playing lately. So uh, I think a big win for Chicago in terms of being able to hang on uh, despite losing a, a pretty big piece in yeah, that I agree. they have. So uh, I agree. undefeated, undefeated at home, this Chicago Red Stars team, and undefeated in their last six games and and right behind San Diego in the standings right now, 15. Yes,
0: I, I agree with that.
1: I mean, losing
0: Kayla Sharples is uh, pretty rough for Chicago. They leaned a lot on her this year. I mean, when when you look at the stats from 2021, Sharples played in 14 of their 27 games. Already, she was eight for eight, getting all the minutes, uh, clocking in in that back line as one of the most consistent for them. But also, with Chicago, they... They got this lead early in this game. It came in the 10th minute, which could be incredibly dangerous for a Chicago team. We saw them um, against Washington two games ago lose that early lead that happened. It, It also happened against Portland, this bit of a call and response. So that's something that Chicago has struggled with, getting a lead early in a game and then holding it. So the fact that they were able... Uh, that they lost their central defender, their head center back, and they were still able to keep that shutout, says a lot about how. The team feels about Kayla Sharples and in one of those moments of let's rise up and, and let's keep this clean sheet for her. And also the avail- the, the ability for players around Sharples to step in and, and to be able to say um, that we can do this. With uh, Kowalski ultimately came on, but it was sliding around for Chicago and having different players in the central back. But it says a lot about the team and the depth of this team and, and kind of what they can do for each other. But a huge win for Chicago ultimately to, to close out this conversation and to close out the weekend.
1: Yeah, it was uh, quite the game to to watch. We'll we'll see w- what happens. Uh, I think there's a, a number of scenarios in all of these six games where we're going to have to see what type of adjustments these 12 teams are going to be making into the following week. But we'll be there to break it down in preview form for sure. We're going to be back very, very soon to join you all with a preview of next week's matches. So thank you all so much for joining us tonight to recap the weekend slate of games. We appreciate it so much whenever you all hop on and join us live. You can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram now at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your shows. We're also available as videos. Subscribe to us. Visit YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. Questions for us, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your question and we'll answer it during a mailbag segment. And we'll be back with more this week. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking
0: should you ever set foot outside of the motel you will be shot don't miss the new showtime limited series based on the international bestseller for the last four years i've been a prisoner
1: why are they keeping you here
0: starring emmy award winner ewan mcgregor this is the brave new world that you dreamt of be very careful you are still a prisoner here
1: everything in this new world comes at cost This is
0: still my country. A gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.